your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and Micromycel technology. Do your patients know what presbyopia is? There are people who are afraid of the press. Have you talked to your patients about multifocal contact lenses? I've heard the bifocal, but not right, multifocal. Do you need help with your multifocal strategy? Learn more at the conclusion of this episode. With more screen usage and indoor time, myopia, also known as nearsightedness, is increasing and getting worse in children. Now, certified eye doctors can prescribe MySight one day, the first and only FDA-approved soft contact lens to slow myopia progression in age-appropriate children. Visit coopervision.com to find a Brilliant Futures certified eye doctor near you. Good morning, I'm Dr. Kerry Gelbin. Welcome to Open Your Eyes Radio. Please listen as I discuss the newest information in the world of health, nutrition, and sports every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. Central Time on AM 1280, The Patriot. Also, please share your thoughts by emailing me at drkerrygelb at gmail.com. That's D-R-K-E-R-R-Y-G-E-L-B at gmail.com. And visit my website at drkerrygelb.com. We're back with our guest from last week, uh, Jeff Hoyt. He, Jeff is a wellness enthusiast. He has a passion to teach people how to improve their health through safe detoxification. He's a world authority on the supplement zeolite. Zeolite selectively removes toxic elements from our body while sparing essential nu- nutrients. Jeff, thank you again for joining me this week. Hey, Dr. Gelb. Great to be back. Thanks for having me. You know, last time we we ended on mercury poisoning, and I, I just want to tell the audience a story. Uh, you know, I always fancied myself on being a health nut, eating very healthy, and for a long time, I would eat a lot of salmon, and there was a restaurant near where I lived, and I remember eating this salmon, and I would look at it, and it looked like it had these like little red pellets in it. And sure enough, as I learned more about this, it was dye. They were dyeing the salmon because the salmon was gray. And this was farm, farm salmon. And I have, I used to do labs in my office. And the person who was going to come over and do labs on me, she couldn't show up that day. So I called a buddy of mine who happens to be an OBGYN. And, it, and he said, come on over, we'll do labs in my office. So there I am sitting in an office, in an OBGYN office uh, with, with seven pregnant women and me. <laughs> and, uh, and so one of the problems I've always had was sleeping. So uh, I took, did my labs and my buddy, the OBGYN calls me up and says, you know, Kerry, your, your mercury is off the chart. You know, it's 25 and it should be less than three. And I went on a detox program <clears throat> and it, it only took, it didn't take that long. You know, I've, I, we talked about in the first se- segment, I have an infrared sauna and it took about two or three weeks and I took some detoxification uh, supplements and including zeolite was one of them. And in about two or three weeks, I started sleeping much, much better. 
So I, I like to continue the discussion a little bit on Mercury and tell us what you could add to that story and how detoxification, even though mercury is a heavy metal, and we talked about in the first segment how it could be persistent, I was able to get my mercury go from somewhere around 25 to under three, and I was sleeping better. So if you could add to that that story for us. Sure. So, and that's great. I'm glad you were able to resolve that because mercury, as, as you know, it's very uncomfortable when you have elevated levels of mercury like that. And some people respond, each person's going to respond a little bit differently, but it can affect the body in such a number of ways. One being sleep just by potentially messing up blood sugar regulation, causing inflammation, whatever it may be doing. But when you have this elevated level of mercury, like that 25 that's floating around in the blood, then your immune system is going to be overactive. It's going to be attacking this mercury constantly, putting a lot of energy towards that. And when the immune system is activated against something, the natural result is an is inflammation, right? An inflammatory process. When the body's in a state of inflammation, symptoms can occur. Short-term inf inflammation is very helpful to deal with the issue, but if this mercury persists, if it continues being elevated in the body, your body gets stuck in this state of chronic inflammation. And that's where we have, can get more of the degenerative conditions and it can become more problematic. So I think um, removing as much of the mercury as you can that's floating around is definitely going to be ideal. Now for longer term solutions, I think it, it generally takes a lot longer than two to three weeks. Now you might start feeling better in two to three weeks because you've removed the mercury that was causing the immediate threat. But generally you have additional mercury that's your body is storing in the tissue and the organs. And that's where staying on a detox protocol for for a few months opposed to a few weeks is beneficial because you want to start getting to that next layer of the the detox onion well thanks for that i i appreciate it you know and i was going into the sauna probably every day or every other day for you know at 130 degrees for about 30 minutes and taking some of those detox supplements which were you know which which obviously was helpful my friend wanted me to remove my uh, fillings but I didn't do that part. I, I did the other part. Thinking about removing the fillings was was a little too much for me to think about. But anyway, we're getting back to this. Uh, I wanted. To, I do want to talk before we go into the detox program. I want to do talk about BPA. Uh, now BPA has been outlawed, so there's BPF, PPZ, BPAF, BPS. There's different uh, in these plastics. You know, my I have a 13 year old son who's a baseball player. And I'm one of the only parents that will not let him bring any plastic. We don't drink out of plastic in our house to try to avoid these BPAs. And, you know, because it could be cause early puberty, certainly in females, uh, it affects hormones and, you know, could cause uh, affect children's behavior, blood pressure, uh, blood sugar. So if you could talk about BPA or now BPF, BPZ, BPAF, et cetera, these polycarbonate type plastics. Sure. And, and, and the first thing you have to be aware of is, as you kind of mentioned, just because your plastic water bottle says BPA free doesn't mean it's safe, right? Because there's all these, you know, variants of it now. And that's, you know, there's, there's regulatory stuff. They try to, there's loopholes. So BPA, yeah, it, it can mimic estrogen in the body. It can really mess up your hormones. As you said, potentially premature puberty, all these, all these things. And, and we're just, there's, there's so much plastic we're exposed to one, definitely the water bottles. A lot of people exclusively drink out of water bottles. 
And an easy thing to reduce your BPA level is just stop drinking out of plastic water bottles, right? So as we talked about in the last episode, potentially getting a water filtration system, whether it's reverse osmosis or something else and getting a glass water bottle or, or a, a safer, probably a glass water bottle would be best or, or some other safe material. And then just taking that around with you and refilling it. There's other things you can do. I mean, there was a study done a while back showing that ca cashiers that were exposed to the receipts had much higher levels of BPA than an average person. So I always try to touch the receipt as, as little as possible. Usually I say, I don't want it, but if I have to take it, I just barely touch it. And then I throw it away as quickly as possible. And it lines the cans, you know, if you're eating food out of cans. Yeah. Yep. It's just, it's in all sorts of things. It's, I mean, it's an industrial plastic, so they're going to use it in a lot of stuff, a lot of things you wouldn't think of, but um, just, just the more you can get away from, from commercially packaged things and the more you can use natural glass containers and your own containers and, and make things yourself and store them in your own natural glass, you know, mason jars, even glass mason jars, things like this are going to be much safer than any sort of um, commercial packaging. And people microwave things. They get, they bring food home from, you know, from a restaurant and then they're microwaving it in styrofoam or in plastic. That can't be good. Absolutely not. And, and that's, that's really one of the main reasons that these plastics and toxic elements leach from these materials is when they're heated up. Because if you have something that's just room stable, it's less likely to leach a, a chemical than if it's heated up to whatever degree, especially in the microwave with that radiating, you know, the, that, that level of radiation, just zapping it. There's all sorts of toxic stuff released into it and it's connected to your food. So those toxic elements are going to naturally, some of them make their way into the food. You eat the food. Now you've consumed chemicals along with your food. You know, I read about in Australia, they have high polycystic, polycystic aromatic hydrocarbons, PAH, and uh, that breaks down, that's from air pollution, and that is correlated with lung cancer. And the in Australia, the incidence of lung cancer is very high because of this PAH. If you could make a comment on that in the last few seconds that we have in this segment. Well, I certainly don't like the sound of it. Um... I'd like to hear you try to say it four or five times fast just for entertainment purposes, but yeah, it, it sounds toxic. And I think some of this research speaks for itself where you have elevated amounts of, of these various toxic elements, and then you see the, the correlation of the elevated lung cancer or whatever it may be. So it just, and sometimes I don't even think we need the study. It's, we can just think about it. These toxic elements are how good they can, they really be for our health. I think they can only be negative. So one thing about glyphosate and if you have a comment on that, you know, there's glyphosate and there's Roundup. And in Roundup, it's 50% glyphosate, but there's 50% of it is this inert proprietary ingredients, which according to international law, doesn't allow the public to know about it. But there was a researcher, Seralini, in Italy, and he has a lab and he found out in the other 50% of Roundup, there's there's arsenic and there's other very toxic chemicals. And that uh, Roundup itself is much more toxic uh, in animals, a thousand times more toxic than glyphosate alone. So if you could comment on that. Absolutely. So yeah, I mean, and I had mentioned at one point 
that maybe it was last episode that there's there's a synergistic effect with toxic elements. So one, you want to consider the various toxins. Two, you want to consider your body's response to those toxins. Some people respond even worse than others. Then you want to consider the synergy. And when you start combining, you have this you know chemical soup of toxic elements. It's even more toxic than getting each chemical on its own. And I've heard that as well with with the the Roundup that glyphosate. Yes, that's fifty percent. That's the active ingredient. That's what we all. Uh, a lot of times we'll get lab tested for and considered to be the main uh, problem, but it, maybe it's, it's definitely the other chemicals that make up the other 50% of Roundup are going to be not good for our health. So that's been starting to be proven now. And they're, as you said, a thousand times more toxic. That's, that's incredible. So um, yeah, it's, it's not great. And the glyphosate is so widespread just because it's, it's, I mean, genetically modified foods, they're using it all over. And then the wind is blowing it all over the place it's found, it's just been found all over and it's really not great. And one of the things I also think glyphosate, interestingly, actually uh, chelates, it binds to aluminum. And when we do lab testing, almost everyone has high levels of aluminum these days. And I think potentially one of the reasons for that is because of the high glyphosate toxic burden in our bodies that's attaching itself to the aluminum. So we potentially need to get rid of the glyphosate in order for the aluminum to leave. That's just one of my theories, but uh, definitely want to stay away from Roundup, glyphosate, anything in there, any one of those chemicals as much as possible. Well, that's a really interesting point about the aluminum. So let's talk about arsenic for a minute. Arsenic probably is the most dangerous environmental toxin that people are exposed to, or at least one of them. And there was a study done in Native Americans, and it showed that with looking at 4,000 Native Americans, that it was, a, it was responsible to, for a quarter to a third of the cancers in Native Americans are due from the arsenic, also correlated with diabetes and stroke. And we should, in the water, should be maximum 10 micrograms of arsenic per liter of water. Uh, and there's a lot of places in the country where we don't know how much arsenic is in the water. And if you could comment on arsenic. Sure. So definitely, I mean, I think the research speaks for itself. It's not, not something that we really want in an elevated amount in our bodies. I mean, the, the, the less, the better. And water supply definitely is one of the main um, sources. So for example, my, my water supply, which I don't drink, but in my local town, I checked the environmental working group website. I typed in my zip code and it gives you the safe levels for these, these uh, various metals. Arsenic was 1,156 times the safe level in your neighborhood uh, in, yes in my in my local uh water supply which i <clears throat> don't drink so that goes back to last episode the importance of purifying your water so and I ch i've checked a lot of different areas for arsenic some areas don't have it in there some do so but for me and and potentially it's because i'm in kind of a rural area with a lot of agriculture so as you mentioned arsenic is one of the things that's in roundup so potentially it's some of the environmental uh, you know, pesticides and Roundup and things that are in, getting into the water supply resulting in these high levels, but definitely something to be aware of. So that's why you really got to be careful with the water you're drinking. You know, and Roundup is all uh, round, uh, arsenic is also related to gout. If you have high arsenic, you have an increased risk of gout, uh, cardiovascular disease. I, we, I think we might've mentioned diabetes, but where do we find this uh, arsenic? We find it in rice. We find they give it to chickens. They give it to chickens to make the chickens bigger 
and to make the meat pinkish pinkish white. Uh, if you could even comment on that. Sure. Yeah, that's that's one of the main the main ways. Just rice, and you know, so a lot of um, cultures that consume rice on a daily basis, they might have higher arsenic levels than some of the some of the Westerners. But just beyond that, because it's being fed to the animals, we're getting arsenic just from eating the chicken and eating the meat. So it's 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 very prevalent. Um, it's very common to have high arsenic levels in this day and age, just because just because it's it's being used in so many um applications and the rice it depends where it's grown it, it depends on the water it's grown in so yeah. if it's grown in water with a lot of arsenic then that's why there's so much arsenic in that in rice and I, you brought up an interesting point about your water i read a study about chapel in maine uh and that their wells had three thousand micrograms per liter uh, of arsenic in their well water, and which we said before, ten could or under would be considered safe. And they had three thousand, and sure enough, there was a huge amount of diabetes and cancer in that part of Maine. So people really need to look up on the environmental group or call their water supplies. And I think I think I, I saw that only ten percent of the public water supplies have arsenic levels uh that that they that they have arsenic levels that are known to cause disease so that that's that's pretty high one thing to consider is that when you go to the ewg.org environmental working group they kind of mention that a lot of these uh legal the legal limits from the government doesn't always equal the safe limits so a lot of these regulatory levels haven't been updated in 50 years so as the as new research has come out showing some of the toxicity of the arsenic and these other things, the the levels haven't been adjusted in the water supply to correspond with that. So they talk about the safe levels compared to the legal levels. Yeah, and only I think it's fit, only about fifty percent of the public water have released what their arsenic levels are. So you might live in an area where you can't find out what the arsenic levels are. Now, I don't know if there's a way to send the water in or test it, but I would assume if, if you can't figure out what it is, that probably figure out another way to get your water. Yeah, yeah, make absolutely. Sure it's better safe, better safe than sorry. And make sure you're, you're filtering it. And as we talked about with reverse osmosis and carbon filters coming in to the house. Uh, okay, so now we, we, beat, we beat the problem to death. Now, what are we going to do about the problem? And that's where your expertise really comes in. So, so you have these three theories of detoxification. I want if you could talk about that and how we're going to get this stuff out of our body. So let's talk about your theories of, of detoxification, your three levels, not three theories, your three levels of detoxification. Sure. I do have multiple theories, but this one is one theory, <laughs> three levels. So basically, I think that the body processes and stores metals in a number of ways. I think you've got level one toxicity, and that's going to be all the toxins that are floating around in your bloodstream and circulation. So you're exposed to, let's say, arsenic, because that's what we're talking about. The arsenic is in the bloodstream. Your body tries to process it. It tries to get rid of it as quickly as possible through just natural processes. But if the body can't handle that whole level of arsenic, it has to do something with it. So if it can't get rid of it all, I think it has to put it into what I call level two, and that's going to be the general tissue area, which I consider a holding area. So at that point, you have this holding area of arsenic 
And, and ideally the body then puts that back into circulation for excretion. If level one kind of clears out, but if the body isn't healthy enough, level two starts filling up, then the body says, I'm running out of room here. Let's put it somewhere else. And that's where the arsenic ends up in the organs. That's what I would consider level three or deep storage. And at that point, it's more difficult to get rid of because the body becomes comfortable with it there. It says, you know what? I could try to push this out of my body, put it back in circulation, get it out. But I think that might be too stressful for me right now because it might cause some detox reactions. It might cause inflammation. It might cause all these issues. So I'm just going to leave it there. And I think that a really important key to understand is that the body prioritizes short-term survival over a long-term thrival, right? So the body can say, you know what? I'm going to accumulate mercury in the brain. It might shrink the brain and cause some neurological decline, but I can still survive with that. But I don't want the mercury floating around where it's causing this chronic inflammation. I think that's why sometimes it can be difficult to detox if you have such a high level. And, it, and that's where a really effective detox approach comes into play. So when we look at the detox approach, let's start with good nutrition. Uh, how does that help with detoxification? All right. So the, what I tell people is the key to an effective detox strategy is to get healthy, right? The healthier you are, the more you're naturally going to be detoxing because you don't want to be relying on supplements and all these other things to do all the work for you. The really the key to an effective detox is to get your body to detox as it was designed to do. So to start releasing the toxins from deep storage, from general tissue, and just get them out of the body. And nutrition is going to be foundational to that because if you're eating a bunch of junk food, things that are stealing nutrients instead of providing nutrients, it's just going to, your body's going to have to use a lot of energy just to focus on that. Then it's not going to be able to focus on detoxification. So eat proper food, giving your body the, the resources it needs is going to be step number one. Yeah. And, and you have to make sure your detox organs are healthy. You got to get them healthy, your liver, your kidney, and your gut. We're speaking with Jeff Hoyt, CEO of Zeolite Labs. This is Dr. Kerry Gelb for Open Your Eyes Radio on AM 1280, The Patriot. And look for our documentary, Open Your Eyes, on Amazon Prime, Apple TV, YouTube movies and shows. We'll be right back. MacU Health, your science-born and tested solutions for visual performance, macular degeneration, and dry eye syndrome. New products coming soon. Embrace the science. We're back with Jeff Hoyt, uh, CEO of Zeolite Labs. We're talking about detoxification, and he's running us through ways to detox. We talked about nutrition, why that's so important, and talk about fiber, why we need fiber in our diet for detoxification. Sure. Well, fiber is kind of a, a bulk. It's it's a it's a binder. It's it's really one of um, the first lines of defense against toxicity because you have these this fibrous material that goes in and it binds to some of the toxic elements, and they got to help escort it out. Because what you don't want is for these toxic elements to be in the gut, ready to leave, and then there's nothing to help escort them out of the body. And then they basically find a new home and accumulate. That's what you don't want. So fiber is a great, uh, a great first step there. And glutathione. Glutathione is our body's natural way of helping us detoxify. Uh, do you recommend taking NAC or NAC N-acetylcysteine to up our glutathione levels? Talk about the importance of glutathione, why we need it, why it goes down when we get older, and how to keep those levels high. Sure. So yeah, glutathione is the body's 
basically natural uh, master antioxidant, really important for a number of detox functions, including removing mercury and other metals and toxic elements. And as we age, it just the, the natural production of glutathione is going to decline as many things do in our body. So there's a few options. One is to take external glutathione supplements, which you do really don't want to do long term because it could reduce your body's natural supply. You could take precursors such as NAC or N-acetylcysteine, and that can help your body's natural production of glutathione be increased to help. There's other ways as well, just basically, basically removing some of the toxic elements through various binders and other detox methods can naturally increase your glutathione levels because your glutathione doesn't have to be used up as quickly if you remove some of the toxic load. So there's a number of ways to do it. I think NAC is a very cheap and effective um, solution for a lot of people though to, to give a try. And I understand the FDA said they may outlaw glutathione. So is there any alternatives like whey protein? Um, th there's always going to be alternatives. A lot of times there, there, there was a little bit of a panic last year when they talked about, I think they took NAC off of Amazon and some other areas. And there was kind of a little bit of a panic, but the good news is we don't always need a lot of these external supplements. A lot of times, sometimes they can really help, but the key is to really remove as many toxic stressors from your body and from your life as you can. So your natural production can be increased. That's really the key. So we really don't want to completely rely on these supplements all the time. We want to rely on just smart living strategies, healthy living, remove the bad so our body can work optimally. And you use this spectrophorometry test, uh, hand test. Can you tell us about that to tell how much toxins are in our body? Sure. So there's new technology that uses spectrophotometry. It's basically shining light four millimeters deep into the palm of your hand and measuring the tissue levels of heavy metals along with essential minerals and vitamins in your hand. Great test. Uh, it's called the Oligo scan. It's out of France. And basically from that, we're discovering that yes, people as suspected, very toxic. Now with that, we're only looking at heavy metals, but just, just the silver and mercury and silver is not as toxic, but almost everyone that has, has, or has had the amalgam fillings in their mouth has a high level of both mercury and silver, which just correlates because those, those fillings are generally 50% silver, 50% mercury. So it makes sense. Now, what's interesting is a lot of people have had their amalgam fillings removed 20, 30 years, then they get the test and they still have elevated levels of mercury and silver. And that's just shows that, as you pointed out, some of these things are persistent, like mercury. And just because you reduce, there's kind of two steps to detox. You want to reduce your exposure and you want to reduce your internal accumulation. So removing amalgam fillings is usually a great idea because you're removing your exposure to that mercury, but it hasn't done anything to reduce your internal accumulation. And that's kind of the missing link. I think a lot of uh, people need to consider um, the both steps. Now talk to me we're going to talk about the GGT test, maybe the Great Plains test, but I want you to tell me about zeolite uh, and how that is helpful for detoxification. Sure. So lots of great, I tell people there's a lot of ways to get from point A to point B in a lot of areas detox. But what I found to be, I'm always looking for the most effective and efficient solutions, right? Getting right to the chase, what's going to really work. And what I found to be uh, the single most effective agent for detox as a tool is going to be zeolite when used properly in the proper form, of course. Now, zeolite is a naturally occurring volcanic mineral that has a negative charge. And what it does is it's magnetically, it's attracted to positively charged elements like a magnet. 
So a lot of the positively charged elements in your body are going to be things like these heavy metals, environmental toxicants, radioactive elements, even like cesium and strontium, a glyphosate, the plastics like BPA, all these things, mycotoxins from mold. Now, what really makes zeolite unique compared to a lot of the other similar detox agents is that it's a smart or selective binder, meaning it's going after these toxic elements, but it's leaving your essential minerals and vitamins alone. And that's really what makes it unique and very safe as a supplement. I think what's interesting about zeolite or the, the, you're, you're the one that you developed, zeocharge, is that you don't start with a low dose. You start with a, a pretty large dose. And I think it's fascinating, the reasoning behind that. So if you could talk about what's the initial dose with zeocharge and why do we go with a higher dose rather than a lower dose? Absolutely. And, and this is one key. When you look up zeolite, you're going to find a lot of products. A lot of them are now liquids. What you have to understand, and this is crucial, is that liquid zeolite, although can be really good quality and can be helpful, it's, it's going to be a very low dose. So it's powdered zeolite mixed with water. And what I found is that taking, let's say 10 milligrams of zeolite is actually much harsher on your body than taking 10,000 milligrams. So the thousand times dose is actually gentler on your body. And I developed a theory called the higher dose theory of zeolite, which is found on zeolitelabs.com, uh, which is a 14 page document if you really wanna nerd out on it on why this is, but I'll summarize it very quickly for you. Basically, when you take a very small amount of zeolite, it goes in, it starts grabbing to the toxic elements. And uh, it, sometimes it, it makes a mess as it starts detoxing because it stirs some stuff up. So let's say you have your toxicity back to the three levels, level one circulating, but then stuff in level two and three, the organs and tissue metals start getting dumped into circulation as you take the zeolite. Now you actually have more toxicity in circulation currently exposed to your immune system short-term because of the product. So the key is to take a high enough dose to grab everything that's currently floating around and then have some extra zeolite cages. Basically, they're waiting for if anything gets dumped into circulation from the deeper areas of the body. That's the really short version of why taking a higher dose is actually less likely to cause headaches, joint pain, and irritability opposed to a low dose and a lot of other detox products. Because if you take a low dose, you're going to leave some of the toxins, my understanding is, in the body, and you're going to wind up with what we talked about, I think, in the first segment, like a Herxheimer's reaction. You're going to get side effects to the toxins that are being released. Is, is, am I saying that correctly? Yep, absolutely. So a lot of people take a little bit of zeolite or other detox products. They get these terrible symptoms, and they say, oh, goody, this means the product is working. But really, it's kind of working against your body. It might still be helpful but you really want to minimize or avoid those reactions. So even on zeo charge, if someone takes just a tiny little bit to try it out, a lot of times they'll get a headache and they'll get irritable. They'll get these symptoms and they say, oh good, it's working. But then they take a huge dose, like a hundred times that dose and they get no symptoms. And then it doesn't mean it's not working. It's actually working better because it's working more efficiently. It's not causing the stress of detox that the low dose causes. And for somebody who's taking it for maintenance, they don't really have any major problems, but they do want to detox. Is two tablespoons the beginning dose? For, for a maintenance dose, we've got just scoops in there now. So just one scoop, which is about a tablespoon a day. That's a really good maintenance dose. Some people can even get away with a little bit less. It just depends on what you're currently exposed to. But one scoop a day, you get a jar that lasts you a month. If you're just 
starting on your detox journey, you really want to start with the higher dose because the healthier you get, the less you need. So you might want to start with two scoops. You might want to start with four. Sometimes people need six. The general rule is, let's say you start with two scoops and you get a headache or some symptom. That means the next day you want to take more. So go to four scoops. And then if you feel great on that, just maintain on that. And then you can work your way down. So one thing that some people do, we have what's called the ultimate zeolite experience, where you do six scoops per day for the first month, five scoops per day for the second month, four, three, two. So it's a five month program. You go through 20 jars of zeolite, zeocharge, but basically you're starting with the high dose as you cut down the layer of the onion, remove these toxic elements, you need less and less and less. And then you're done with the program. You can move to a, a maintenance dose of one scoop per day if you want to do that. And if you're taking other vitamins such as vitamin C or B complex, can you take it at the same time? Absolutely, because it's not going to bind directly to those things. And we have a case studies and you can check them out on our site, but the case studies actually show that we can prove that our zeolite product zeocharge does not negatively impact vitamin and mineral status. And what was very interesting to me when we did the study was that just taking zeolite itself, which does not contain vitamins, actually improves the tissue levels of vitamins in your body. That's and incredible. Can, and it's basically, I think, because it reduces that oxidative stress. It basically, when you have low levels of vitamins, a lot of times it's because your body is using up these vitamins to fight something. If you can remove the source um, of the need to use all these extra vitamins, they just naturally are higher. Very interesting stuff. Yeah, and I know Dr. LaGreca, who we interviewed, is a big proponent of, of your product, the Zeolite, uh, Zeocharge product. And she's ha had some really good cases with that. People have done very, very, very well with that. Now, there's a, there's a clay that people use uh, for detoxification. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, there's a number of different clays out there. You've got uh, activated charcoal, which is kind of a classic. You've got bentonite clay psyllium husk kind of for the, the colon cleanse stuff. There's all sorts of stuff. They all have their advantages. The, 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 what we found is that the zeocharge basically is, is just more of a powerful detox agent and it can do more than the others. And then the other thing is just that it's not binding. The other ones you do have to be a little bit careful because they might be binding to some of the good along with the bad. Zeocharge is only binding to the good. It's leaving sorry, it's only binding to the bad is leaving the good alone. If you could go through the things that zeolite does help remove, such as the heavy metals, the mold, the microbial toxins, metabolic waste, histamines, et cetera. Sure. And, and that's why I love, yep. I just, I'm just going to hop right into it. I get excited. So zeolite, it just has a really broad spectrum binding capacity. So it binds to so many of these toxic elements. Number one, we've been talking a lot about heavy metals. Our case study program showed that it was able to remove all 15 of the heavy metals that we tested it for from the tissue level, which includes the ones we discussed, lead, mercury, aluminum, arsenic, et cetera. So that's one right off the bat. Another one that it can be very helpful for is people dealing with mold toxicity. So if you're exposed to mold, we get the, the mold produces mycotoxins. These mold toxins that cause a lot of stress on the immune system can result in a lot of symptoms. Zeolite's been shown to bind to some of those aflatoxins, ochratoxin A, et cetera. Another interesting thing is radioactive particles. So zeolite was actually dumped commercially during the Chernobyl nuclear disaster to help clean up the environment from radiation. 
So they know that zeolite, and it's been studied for water filtration because it helps bind to cesium, to strontium, and some of these radioactive isotopes. And what people a lot of times don't understand is that a lot of times these radioactive particles can get stuck in our bodies and they just stay there forever. So removing those can be very, very crucial. Another thing is going to be uh, waste products that the body naturally produces, such as ammonia. And I think that's a huge one because if your liver is not working properly, one of your main detox organs, the liver generally takes ammonia. It converts it to another byproduct called urea, gets it out of the body. But if your liver is not working properly, this ammonia builds up. And it's very toxic and can go to your brain and it can poison and it can cause brain fog and all these symptoms. And zeolite has an incredible binding ability towards ammonia. So a lot of people, what happens is they take the zeocharge and then their brain fog lifts within two, two hours. And I think in a lot of those cases, it's from ammonia or one of these other toxic elements, but it binds to other things as well, such as some of the waste products produced from microbes or people that have Lyme disease. Uh, some of these more uh, complex situations, they generally get some pretty good symptoms relief just from that binding effect. Plastics, glyphosate, which we talked about, all sorts of stuff. A lot of the stuff that you don't want in your body, it can help grab and escort out safely. You know, I was watching a uh, like a docu-series on cancer, and one of the doctors in it talked about fulvic acid. And I saw that you have a fulvic acid product. Can you talk about that? Sure. And a lot of people confuse it with folic acid, which is vitamin B9, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about fulvic acid, which is one of uh, nature's just really- it, If you could spell that, please. Yes. F-U-L-V-I-C and then acid. So it's one of nature's miracle uh, molecules. It's got very unique properties. What it does in nature, it's naturally, or at least it should be naturally occurring in the soil and it binds itself to essential minerals and it's a transport system for those minerals to the plants. So it kind of helps transport minerals. Now it does the same, the same thing in our body. So for one, we, we basically all have fulvic acid deficiencies because our soil is so depleted. So if we take a fulvic acid supplement, it can go in and it can help transport minerals and other nutrients to where they need to go. So I like to call it a mineral and nutrient optimizer. So it makes your food more nutrition. It makes your nutritious. It makes your supplements work better because it just helps things get to where they need to go. It's kind of an optimizer. You know, I, I we talked about the oligo. Uh, oh, oh, how do you say it? Uh, it's anyone's guess. I call it the oligo scan, oligo yeah, scan, something okay. of that nature. Yeah. Well, we talked about that, and I appreciate that. Now, there's a there's a, a blood test you could do. The GGT test is a liver enzyme test that was very big for diagnosing hepatitis at one time. But now it helps us for for the it tells us about GGT uh, is an enzyme that recycles glutathione. So when the glutathione is going up, the GGT goes up. So that means the glutathione is going up because we have toxins in our body that is trying to get rid of so if you ask for that test and if the and if the ggt ggt test is high you uh, over 60 as opposed to 20 i think it's something around the study shows about a 20 times greater risk of having uh, diabetes so i don't know if you're familiar with the ggt test but if you are can you talk a little bit about that Sure. I think, I think that's just a sign that your, you know, your liver and the rest of your, your body's natural detox functions are just being overworked. You might not be able to keep up with the demand of the toxic burden you're exposed to, whether it's just one major toxic element, like a mercury or an arsenic or a glyphosate, or it's just a combination of a bunch of things. 
and your body's just on overdrive. So you're getting these elevated levels of enzymes, right? So at that point, it's, it's especially important to do something to give your body an assist, right? So the people that are in that condition definitely need to take more action, more immediate action to help their body out. So taking something like ZeoCharge and even a fulvic acid product like fulvic charge can go in and just help assist the body and naturally generally can lower some of those levels just because the body doesn't have to work as hard because it has assistance now. And when we talked about staying away from being exposed to, to toxins and we talked about air and water, we talked about water filters. How about air filters? And any comments about that that you could make? Sure, absolutely. And first, I always say, you know, fresh air is going to be a great idea. A lot of people think that indoor air is going to be safer than outdoor air, but the outdoor air is generally going to be a lot healthier, you know, barring just depending on if there's whatever's going on in your area. But even the indoor air, it's just, it's, it's, we want to use some sort of filtration device, right? So I'm in the middle of a forest, a bunch of acres of forest in the middle of nowhere in Iowa. And I still have three filters going, air filters going on in my house right now, just because I want to make sure I'm reducing that total toxic burden. Because you never know where there's going to be some mold spores or some whatever that's going to be in there. And, and we just don't want to be breathing this stuff and stressing out our bodies any more than necessary. So I think some sort of air filtration device is a great idea to have in your house, especially in your bedroom when you're sleeping. I think uh, that's especially important. And you want it to be at least a M A M E R V a MERV, at least eight, because that will clear out 90% of it's 90% efficiency and it'll get the small particles, three to 10 micro 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 micrometers in size. So we want to get the, uh, we want, we want to make sure it's a MERV eight, at least, especially if you have a, if you have forced hot air or a forest cooling system. And that has been recommended by a lot of the experts as, as well. Absolutely. And how much time should someone be outside walking around in fresh air, breathing fresh air every day, instead of looking at their laptop all day? Oh, probably more than most of us are. Most of, most of us are. I mean, as much as possible, just we want to get back to as natural of a lifestyle as we can. We're not really designed to be indoors all the time. I mean, just the grounding aspect, right? Just being outside in nature actually physically charges us up. The electrons from the earth are being transferred to our bodies, providing a charge, the sun, the infrared rays, the natural air, and even just the sounds of nature, just the calming effect. I mean, they've got forest bathing in other cultures where they go out walking in the forest, which I have access to, and it's it's therapeutic, it's it's healthy. So just getting outside, connecting with nature as much as possible, I think is a great idea. And we got a minute left. And if you can't have a whole house, uh, house filter, you know, certainly, you know, uh, one of those uh, HEPA filters would probably be good to put around the house for the air. And coffee, before we end the show, uh, we want to try to stay away from mold. We want mold-free coffee. Is that correct? Yep. A lot of coffee is contaminated with, with mold toxins. You have to be very careful. There's, there's a few that um, try to especially keep the mold out of it, but definitely something to look into and be aware of. So I want to thank Jeff Hoyt for joining me today. He's the CEO of Zeolite Labs. He gave us some great information. A lot of it is 
very confusing uh, because it's something that we're not exposed to, or I should say we are exposed to it on a regular basis, the bad stuff, but the information we're not exposed to. So Jeff, if they want to find out more about you, please, how could they do that? Sure. The zeolitelabs.com is where you can buy zeocharge. You can email me directly at jeff at zeolitelabs.com as well with any questions or concerns, and I'm happy to help you out. Jeff, it really was a pleasure to speak to you. You're, you're, you have so much great information. And if people want to get in touch with you, please contact Jeff at Zeolite Labs. That's www.zeolitelabs.com. This is Dr. Kerry Gell for Open Your Eyes Radio. Until next week when we have another guest. Thank you very much. Your eyes and your vision are under attack, damaging blue light from the sun. Your phone, your computer, your tablet, even light bulbs and car headlights is constantly bombarding you. The good news is our eyes actually already have a line of defense to counter the effects of blue light. This defense is made up of three pigments called carotenoids. MacuHealth with Micromycel, the only supplement with the exclusive patent on all three macular carotenoids and micromycel technology. Fitting multifocal contact lenses presents a big opportunity to meet patient needs while growing your practice. Alcon is your partner, not only with our innovative portfolio, but through e-learning. Learn to enhance your multifocal strategy today with the Alcon Experience Academy. OIE Broadcasting is the emerging leader in social media. We use scientific entertainment to drive more patients into your office. Visit OIEbroadcasting.com and sign up today.